<coughs> Podcast Network Asia. Welcome to the Life on the Grow Podcast. I've mentioned about shifting the angle of my podcast to a more casual and less serious platform. Serious in terms of topics and our self-help topic is a delicate topic to tackle, but I don't want my podcast to be limited with that aspect solely. I want to explore broader topics or just random questions that some of us have in our heads from time to time. Like, why the sky is blue? Why do most people gravitate towards enigmatic type of personalities rather than the colorful ones? That's very specific. Or how did coffee came about? Which, and that brings us to our topic for today, the history of coffee. The history of coffee. My thought process of how I came up with this topic was when I was sitting down inside the cafe, coincidentally, thinking of a topic to discuss in this week's episode. Ooh, um, if you guys are wondering why I didn't post an episode last week, I posted two episodes the other week before during the launching of the new season. So that's one episode per week and then I launched two. You, you do the math. As I was sitting down on my chair at the cafe drinking on my coffee, usually I'd go for a long black with an extra shot of espresso. Iced, of course, most especially when the Philippines is literally the same temperature as the surface of the sun. I am convinced to believe that Philippines is not situated on the planet Earth and think that it's much closer to the sun. It's been so humid for the past few days. Anyway, I was sitting on my coffee and I naturally spilled some of my pants, being the clumsy guy that I am. And from that small circumstance, I wondered, why don't I speak or talk about how how coffee came to be it's everywhere and it's been adapted to numerous forms over the years i'm talking about instant coffee where coffee is grounded ahead with a sugar and creamer in the sachet which is ready to be poured on with hot water to coffee flavored candy coffee infused everything but most of us don't actually know where it came from or how it was discovered well if you're interested in listening still listening that sounded sad you're in luck because in today's episode i'm talking about coffee and maybe why we spend so much on it especially in cafes which we can in full awareness that we can make ourselves right at the comforts of our own home coffee is everywhere we even have our own preferences of coffee like if we like it more bitter like it more black or with creamer and sugar um i don't know why we have a preference i think it's because of our social and environmental factors i i mean we're not really born with a preference we are grown into it right and i hate those gatekeeping coffee lovers that judge you when you put creamer and sugar in your coffee that really boils me to the core we're gonna talk about that later in the podcast but anyway i'm a huge caffeine consumer myself to the extent my sisters or my mom or all of them together would scold me and say that i've been drinking too much caffeine and remember to take it easy all right just to give you guys an idea how much caffeine i consume so first thing in the morning, I wake up, right? At 7 a.m. usually, so that I can go to the gym later at 8 a.m. So for that, I drink a coffee, cup of coffee. You know, that's what a normal human being would do so that they can feel more human and actually live life. Because what is a world without coffee? You know what I mean? So yeah, I take my time drinking coffee, wait for an hour to settle in. And then prepare my gym stuff, right? After I've prepared all my gym stuff, got my towel, my extra shirt, and everything, I would take a pre-workout supplement, which is a little bit over 150 milligrams of caffeine, if not more. So that's already 
a lot of caffeine inside me two hours after I woke up. <laughs> Crazy. But anyway, I'm I'm trying to lessen my caffeine intake. It it take it takes small steps, and I'm taking my time. Anyway, before working out, during working out, I'm sipping my pre-workout drink as I'm working out. After I work out for about two hours, I go home and, you know, take a bath and do all those post-workout ritual. After that, I would enjoy myself a nice cup of iced coffee with creamer and sugar. Because who wouldn't? So I can function well at work. So yeah, that's already a lot of caffeine more than a normal person would consume. So the preference of my coffee would not... I, I have my cap... That, I mean, like, I have my moods when it comes to coffee. Sometimes I like it black. Sometimes I like it with creamer and sugar. Sometimes I like it instant coffee. And there, 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 are those, there are those times in the morning where I crave instant coffee. I don't know why. Maybe it's um, their sweetness or the, the, just the junk junkiness factor in that instant coffee sachet that we all seem to love i especially i most especially like copico brown it's a very famous brand here in the philippines an instant coffee brand if you're not from the philippines and i think five percent of you guys who are listening are not or three percent or just one percent anyway and ironically i've been reading i i think i just no 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 i finished reading matthew walker's why we sleep book two weeks ago and he mentioned that drinking a lot of caffeine is a detrimental factor of your sleep it ruins your sleep quality and therefore will um shorten your lifespan and it's like oh shit i really need to take action i really need to lessen my caffeine intake or else i won't get to live beyond 50. so mm, mm, typically the caffeine in your body disappears after eight hours i think roughly a rough estimate i think that's what matthew walker stated so i'd like to finish all my caffeine intake before two o'clock because usually my my bedtime is around 10 30 or 11 p.m depending on how much caffeine i take in the morning which is a lot so i normally sleep at around 11 30 p.m or 12 or sometimes one yeah i need help anyway overcons overconsumption of caffeine is bad take it seriously because obviously i'm not and i am after this podcast i'm sure i'm serious all right how was coffee introduced or how is it discovered actually the story of this is very interesting and very short but what i'm really interested in this in this topic is the legend of how it was discovered it was very cute and very very genuine all right first there weren't any records as to when was coffee was really discovered but it was sometime 1200 years ago when a farmer in ethiopia bumps into a suspicious looking shrub that bore red berries on its vines where its berries were used for medicinal properties and were consumed in paste form uh, have they actually discovered coffee as a stimulating drink and not as a medic medicinal property it was later in the 14th century when coffee plantations started to flourish in yemen and started to gain its popularity and dominated humanity after that 
Some were skeptic with the coffee's energizing power. It was so new to everyone. Some groups of people thought that it had some degree of dark magic ingrained in the innocent looking shrub. I mean, I don't blame them. If I were in that time, if I were there drinking some, you know, the olden times, if I were there drinking some old bone broth first thing in the morning, because, you know, drinking a cup of tea in the morning wasn't normalized back then. It was, everything was new back then. So if I was there at that time, woke up, sat on my wooden stool, look at the lush green and the blue sky outside of my outside of my window, and then suddenly my neighbor, whom I don't see much often, for God knows why, he would convince me to try this suspicious looking drink. He would say that, oh, no, 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 don't worry about the coarse sediments whirlpooling in the drink. It's completely normal. The sediments you see are ground up beans from a random red berry bush I found on the ground that I roasted and grouted up and placed it here. I would be scared by it and slapped it off from his hand and maybe run away. For all I know, coffee would later reach to the Europeans in the late 17th century and from there the hot broth in the mornings would be substituted to a drink, a hot cup of coffee making it a great classic of a morning routine. The history of coffee is quite boring for some of you, isn't it? But I don't think you'd feel the same way about its legend. This is my favorite part actually, I had so much fun researching this this segment of of the history of coffee hey there i'm mish host of mish conceptions the podcast that teaches you how to navigate your adulting life while working your way towards a successful career i'm coming back with a third season with more episodes on building your career navigating through self-doubts taking risks and hopefully getting rich new episodes every monday morning to kickstart your week check out my podcast after you listen to this episode see you there the legend of the dancing goat this is the legend of how coffee was found out the legend of the dancing goat and how a goat herder discovered coffee for the first time one day a great goat herder named Kaldi left some of his goats by the coffee shop forest. He doesn't know it's a coffee shop or nor how coffee would affect an individual. But Kaldi left his goats there as he goes off and do his normal work routine. When he finished working and came back for his goats, he noticed that the goats he had left were very energetic. They were jumping, sprinting, tackling each other, milking each other's udders, in fact. Okay, the last one was obviously a joke, but you get my point. They were more lively than they had ever seen considering the fact that the whole day has passed and they still had this energy to milk each other's udders. He saw that they were chewing something in their mouths. He saw that it was the red berry shrub that was situated near the goats. He saw another goat grabbed and munched on a shrub and gave the goat the same effects as the other goats who consumed it. He then tried it himself and was later milking the goats himself. Okay, I'm stopping with the milking. That wasn't true. The milking part isn't true. I just, I don't know why. I don't even know why that popped out of my head. Anyway, Caldi, ecstatic with his discovery, he took a bunch of berries and traveled to his friend, a monk, to let him try it. They tried it over a warm campfire. They roasted the beans and placed it in their cup and poured hot water inside it. And ladies and gentlemen, you have your very first cup of black coffee it's amazing isn't it all right the art of making coffee how was coffee developed to what we're drinking now 
because you know back then they don't have any f- that fancy type of machinery where they could ground up the coffee beans to a very fine material they were coarse they can just like mash it with a stone so that the the beans would release that stimulating effect so the art of making coffee now you're probably wondering how we had come up with a different machinery to make coffee as it is now it dates back to when coffee's popularity reached to europe and found that the coarse texture that grounded beans had was unpleasant and weird in the mouth and later had the idea to have filtering grounds for the coarse coffee beans that would eventually give the drinkers a much satisfying experience with the coffee this soon later developed to filter coffee makers and complex espresso or coffee machines that is prevalent today and this became to a trend a very huge trend um, because of the popularity it gained people were starting to open establishments that served coffee this was a huge hit back then that would later be just as popular now different ethnic groups or different backgrounds would converge and exchange ideas in these establishments without getting intoxicated because back then people were just talking right people would have fun exchanging ideas or just have normal conversations with alcohol in their hands and that was pretty normal back then it's actually pretty normal now too but this was a more um wholesome gathering if you might say um this was signed to a whole new depth of right to free speech and spirit of revolt leading to the closure of these establishments it was very short-lived because the authorities were scared of these exchanging ideas concept and people were scared that a group would eventually lead up to a revulsion, revolution revolution <laughs> revolution revolution so they had to close it down just to make it safe but due to the public pressure they decided to open it back up because people love their coffees especially drinking at a cafe with their friends and sharing ideas you know or talk shit to people who they don't like <laughs> not that i'm doing that sometimes maybe i'm guilty but not all the time Cafes was banned because of the idea of exchanging ideas in secrecy. This scared the authorities, but due to the public pressure, it was reopened to the public just a few days after. And thus, Starbucks was born. Jokes, but it would eventually lead to the dominance of modernized, commercialized establishments like Starbucks. Which brings me to the question, why do we spend a lot of money on expensive coffees at cafes, most especially? Why is coffee even expensive in the first place? I mean, of course, you you have to take into account the the overhead expense, the quality control, the Wi-Fi, um, the training of employees, and everything that I haven't mentioned. I think sometimes you're not paying for coffee. Well, yeah, I mean, you are, but you are more spending on the experience, right? The sense of peace when you get into the coffee shop and the journey the customer embarks on right when you, the customer, steps into the venue being treated like royalty like this amazing feeling when you see the smiling baristas greeted by the pleasant baristas the baristas rapport the calming ambience and the thought of staring out of the window in the clear and sunny sky while taking a sip of your coffee gives you that main character vibe and then after that we feel unstoppable we feel like everyone's staring at us (laughs) just joking but you get that amazing feeling right you get an amazing feeling when you sip your first coffee especially at a cafe and you're feeling great the room is cold you're wearing your best outfit and you're having amazing time that's what we're all paying for 
people pay for special things for special occasions and usually huge coffee shop brands advertise this like it's Christmas especially when they have a new set of flavors in their menu especially when the when the planner season starts people would get out of their way to collect the stickers as fast as they can so that they can be one of the first to cop the season exclusive planners to collect them or to sell them Big Brands also has a characteristic attribute that most of us unknowingly look for. I have some people saying that whenever they see someone post a Starbucks drink in their IG stories, they have this ulterior motive when rather than showing their aesthetic drink as it is and express their excitement because they have this delicious drink that they are about to wolf down, they also have this intention of displaying their social status because obviously Starbucks is more expensive expensive than buying coffee from a local coffee shop, right? Now I'm not generalizing this to everyone who takes photos of their drinks and food. I'm just annoyed because sometimes they would make it seem obvious that they're displaying their social dominance. So when they would have this, they have this high horse mentality when they post that, that they think they are better than everyone else just because they're sipping a caramel iced latte in Starbucks. <laughs> but in the end, they're only feeding their ego, which is their own downfall. And also, self-proclaimed coffee experts gatekeeping that the only way to enjoy a cup of coffee is to drink it pure and black. It's so lame when one person says, Oh, you put creamer and sweetener on your coffee? You're wasting it, duh, bro. In, the, in this condescending tone. I'm like, no, dude, you're wasting my time. Let me enjoy my coffee. Anyway, so is spending coffee outside your home worth it? Um, should you keep doing it or not? I'm, I'm, I'm in no position in telling you what to do because most of my money goes to coffee. Um, as you can already tell in my first part of, in the first part of the podcast, is it worth it or a huge marketing scam? Maybe your little expenditures might come back to you 10 times more if we're not too careful. But if you keep spending on coffee every day and you realize that it's getting out of hand and it's affecting other aspects in your life, your health, more importantly, then it's time to do a lot of self-assessment. Spending-wise, it does get a little bit stressful to think about it. You buying 200 peso coffee or $5 coffee will eventually scale up to a large enough sum that makes you curl up like a ball and cry. I won't mention the estimated sum to save us both from the dread. You can try to record your own expenses on your coffee and your planner if you're curious to know how much you spend. But hey, if you know you can afford it and you're doing it moderately, then I think it's fine. No one is going to put it beneath you. And it's good when you support a local business, most especially. So yeah, you're doing it because you support local business. Um, except when you're going to Starbucks or commercialized coffee shops it gives you much more of a better feeling when you're supporting local when you buy coffee right or sometimes a motivation to work or study most of the time i'd have this craving to go to a coffee shop just to get some external accountability i know some of you guys can relate to this because going to a coffee shop it forces you to work right because these passive witnesses motivates you to work and you to the people around you it's a win-win situation. Sometimes when I spend too much time at home doing work, it always 
drains me out having to work at the same time at the same place with sheer monotony monotony your body just gives you this craving to have a different workplace environment different scenery to refresh in the eyes and get a new fresh perspective that's what i feel so that's for me though and it has helped me in countless situations when i'm not motivated to work or come up with new ideas that my work demands Everyone has their own way of coping, this is mine, and I suggest you do the same. All I'm saying is that I don't mind spending an adequate amount of money for coffee because it's what I like to do. I feel great doing it to some extent, I just make sure I just have enough dough left for me to save and others to send on my necessities that I'm not. I'm not really putting myself in dire situation when all of those stuff that I've said is in my head as I'm spending money for coffee. Anyway, that's that's the podcast for today. Um, I'm thinking of releasing more mini episodes next week, but I'm not sure what it's going to be about. I'm thinking of a series, maybe like Stoic Topics, because that's my number one philosophy. It's Stoic philosophy. Ryan Holiday has got me into that. I don't actually know Ryan Holiday. I'm just a fan. Um, I really want to buy his new book, Courage is Calling. It's a four-book series, and I think you guys should do the same. Ryan Holiday has this way of talking about Stoic philosophy to make us easily understand, because Stoic philosophy has been around for thousands upon thousands of years, and therefore it's it's um, explained in Old English, which we all know it's very hard to comprehend. But Ryan Holiday, he's, he's great, especially his Obstacle is the Way book, and Ego is the Enemy, and um what else what else what was this other book um god i'm such a fake fan anyway yes ryan holiday i urge you guys to buy i I don't know how many times i've been recommending his books i think most of my podcast but it works it works right now if you're asking if you're wondering what was what's the book that i'm currently reading i'm currently reading educated the memoir of tara I forgot her last name, but it's a famous book, and I just got 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 onto it. I have a reading challenge on Goodreads around thirty books, thirty books, and I'm four books away. It's not that I'm pushing myself to the limit to the extent that I'm not enjoying the book as much, but I'm. It, it's nice to set yourself a challenge to see how far you'd go, and also realize how much potential that you have. So right now I'm at 27 books out of 30 and I think I can manage more than 30 by the end of the year, which is amazing. This this is the most books I've read in my life. And this is not related to today's topic, but I'm finished talking anyway. That will be all for today's episode. I hope you learned more about coffee better than yesterday. Because I, I definitely had so much fun researching about this topic while I was at the cafe. <laughs> Talk to you guys next week. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia, the hosts of the program, or other programs of the network. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything.